Hi, everyone. This is James Giglio, CEO of MVP Interactive, and welcome to the MVP Podcast. Our podcast will bring insight to a range of topics involving technology, consumer engagement, experiential marketing, and general business-related subjects. This show will host not only our great roster of clients from the professional sports world, along with Fortune 500 brands and agencies, but other entrepreneurs and startups. We hope our podcast brings value, and thank you for listening. For general inquiries or topic requests, please email mvppodcast at mvp-interactive.com, and please subscribe to our YouTube page and follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and SoundCloud with account name MVP Interactive. Welcome, everyone. This is the MVP podcast, our, in fact, inaugural podcast here where we are speaking with senior manager with the field marketing team of the New York Red Bulls, Michael, Michelangelo Parizzi. Did I say that properly? You did. Okay, fantastic. <laughs> so today we're going to talk a little bit about fan engagement technology. Um, the New York Red Bulls, for those who are unaware, are a uh, MLS soccer team. Founded in 1994, originally named the New York and New Jersey Metro Stars, a little fun fact, and then uh, a few years later were acquired by the Red Bulls and uh, rebranded in 2006 as the New York Red Bulls. A fascinating new stadium was built in 2010, which is a beautiful facility that we were fortunate enough to not only participate in some fan engagement um, activities, but uh, also experience a game day, which is uh, unlike no other at, in, in uh, MLS uh, games, which was um, you know a pretty fascinating experience. Uh, as we'll talk about, we produce some pretty cool virtual reality content that Michelangelo here today is uh, seeing for the first time in a headset, uh, which he's very excited to, to kind of bring out through the year off-field marketing events, I guess, right? Yep. And, um, you know, the, the Red Bulls do a great job with fan engagement as well. As I mentioned, I think they were leaders in the fan engagement uh, award with Major League Soccer. Uh, so we were able to produce a, a pretty fun um, 360 selfie video production for fans that, uh, you know, uh, was a highlight of the fan appreciation game. Is that correct? Yep. Supporters are supporters day. Thanks so much for, for coming along. Uh, we're really excited to have you. Uh, yeah. As I mentioned, uh, Michelangelo is the senior manager uh, in the field marketing division for the Red Bulls. And so uh, we'd love to hear a little bit more about your, your background and, you know, what you do uh, with the Red Bulls. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll go from there. Yeah. Well, thank you for having me. It's been awesome to work with you and your team and everything that uh, MVP Interactive has been, you know, leading the charge on in, in the sports tech world. Um, and, you know, we're definitely going to benefit from it. And we look forward to, to working with you guys even more. Um, you know, my background has always been in, in sports business specifically in media and marketing. Um, graduated from NYU with a concentration in media and marketing and, and uh, got a bachelor's in sports management. Uh, started my career with the USTA, the United States Tennis Association, where I was in media and corporate communications. Uh, then worked my way over to Madison Square Garden, where I was in public relations for sports properties. And then uh, moved on to a sports apparel and accessories company um, and was a sports marketing manager there leading all of our grassroots efforts, our, our partnerships with retailers and, and uh, other sponsorships and partnerships that we, ha- that we had to you know, bring awareness to our products. Um, and then now, fortunate enough to be with the New York Red Bulls, uh, a team that I followed, as you mentioned earlier, um, as they were the Metro Stars and, and uh, you know, in, in my backyard growing up. So I'm very fortunate to be able to work for a team that's right in my backyard and uh, a team I followed for, for so long and um, do what I love and really create awareness and um, for, for a particular, you know, for our organization. And, uh, and yeah, right now for the Red Bulls, I oversee all of our grassroots marketing strategy, events, our match day fan zone, which you mentioned that we call the Boulevard, um, along with some programming inside of our, our beer garden on match day. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I genuinely appreciate marketing itself, the storytelling behind it. Um, the experiential programs and integrated partnerships that come through a lot of um, different properties and elements of marketing strategies, um, and then creating just a favorable public image, really, to the 
particular property or in this case, you know, the Red Bulls um, and really bringing that to life for, for sports fans, consumers and, yeah. and other others, um, you know, out there in our greater New York area. So let's talk about that a little bit. So the Red Bulls, the brand as a whole is, is really known for its experiential sort of uh, marketing campaigns. And, you know, it's a very forward thinking brand, obviously, with activity sports and uh, being an energy drink. You know, they're forced to, to really push the limits with um, marketing engagement. So uh, tell us a little bit about your experience maybe working with Red Bulls as an organization and, and how they value marketing versus other companies that you may have worked with or um, you know, can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, more? no, absolutely. I mean, we're fortunate that we put a lot of our effort into, you know, marketing the team and building awareness, um, of our, of our club, um, compared to a lot of other professional franchises, you know, that may not a either have the budget or put that in the forefront, um, you know, because a, they may not need it or they just, um, like you said, like I said, might not have the budget or, or, you know, utilize their resources elsewhere. Um, I think for us, being one of 11 professional franchises in New York um, is very difficult, um, you know, and it's something that we need to be be doing, you know, we, so we put a lot of effort into marketing and becoming relevant and staying top of mind. Um, the, the Knicks, the Rangers, the other professional clubs in New York are known, right? So uh, they might not need it. They have a brand, they have a household name. Um, some people, you know, that we come across um, may not have, been to a Red Bulls match before and we need to really tap into those other consumers and sports fans and really get them to, to see what we have, what our product is, um, what that experience would be like for them and their families or um, what the young professionals and millennials, you know, to come out and enjoy, you know, a night out or mm-hmm. an afternoon out on the weekend. Um, so we really do put, excuse me, put a lot behind it. And for the second consecutive year, our club earned the highest ranking in the J.D. Power fan experience study in the New York designated market area. Um, so we scored basically the highest amongst um, any 67 teams across the 11 U.S. markets, wow. including um, the 11 New York teams. Uh, we were judged on seven categories, which range from ticket purchasing to security and ushers, seating area, game experience, food and beverage, and, and game arrival. Um, so for us, that's that's very important, something that we, we hope to continue and hope to yeah. lead the charge on uh, year after year. So really putting a lot of effort behind that this year and um, a lot of our plans, which I'm sure we're going to discuss, you know, in, include evolving that, um, how we continue to push the envelope and, and really bring that to life for our fans. Yeah, no, it's, uh, that's great to hear because, you know, one of our experiences is that uh, whether it be in the press or maybe sound bites from ownership groups and, you know, organizations constantly talk about fan experience and, you know, the definition of what that means per organization really has ranged. And so uh, obviously, selfishly, from a fan engagement standpoint and a technology company, you know, we we really see that technology opportunity um, with the engagement pieces, with their virtual reality, augmented reality, experiential marketing, all of that good stuff. So, you know, from our perspective, um, you know, we've been banging on that drum for about five years now, and it, it's nice to um, work with organizations that value it much more than putting in just a jumbotron and calling that yep. the game day experience, sure. right? And uh, not to say that there's anything wrong with that, but, um, you know, because, you know, you do want to factor in every aspect of the game day experience and, and a jumbotron does play uh, an important factor in, in all of that. So uh, I think working with you guys has been um Equally, equally rewarding in the sense that it's a it's a forward moving uh, organization, and you know you're just not a soundbite, and you really focus it from a, a campaign and a branding um, goal to win this award. And, and and excuse me, what was the name of the uh, the JD Power, the JD Power Fan Experience study? Fan Experience. Okay. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, te- like you said, technology is everywhere, and um, there's so many ways to you know th- um, digest the game, watching the game, and um, there's sports teams around the country that are continuing to push the envelope um, through experiential marketing, through technology, through these types of engagement. Um, so really, you know, working with you guys has been awesome. Um, creating the virtual reality product itself, the morphing stations and other, you know, 360 selfie camps, things that are different, really, that people may not have experienced before. Um, or maybe they have, but they, it's, it's something that unique to that, you know, their, their eye that they haven't done, you know, participated in and they want to mm-hmm. share on their channels and 
really, um, you know, amplify kind of awareness through their channels for us, you know, for the brand, for the club. Like that's, that's rewarding. That's, you know, it's yeah. a win for us. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and every time we evolve that, you never want to have a static, you know, fan experience or something that's re- very repetitive and unique, but you know, um, the, you know, the happy fans come back, you know, happy fans tell their friends and then, you know, sponsors want in on the fun and are willing to pay and get involved and, you know, really amplify and create, you know, even better experience uh, for themselves. So, um, so yeah, I mean, that's something that we hope to continue to push the envelope in and really lead the charge on. And, um, you know, the next step is really, uh, spreading awareness for that, for that in itself, right? Like how do we not only spread awareness for the club, but now through this virtual reality, um, product that we you know we work that we've been working on with you uh we can take to market through all of our events through all of our partnerships through all of our um you know uh programs that we're running our through our marketing plan and and uh really bring that to life show that to consumers hey this is this is what you're missing this is what's going on yeah have you seen this before you know this is the whole match day experience this is our pre-game this is our fan zone um you know, this is our beer garden, you know, come have a beer. There's live music. Like we're really putting on a, an event that's more than the game, you know? And that's something that I think is, is important that we can try to continue to tell that story. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I should note, and I do apologize at the beginning of the show that we did not introduce Gavin Rennick, who is right. our virtual reality uh, director and lead. Um, so on that note, I thought it was a good segue that we can, um, you know, hear from Gavin in knowing that he's been a part of all of our previous VR productions, whether that's in and out of sports. But Gavin, maybe talk to us a little bit about, you know, what your viewpoint and and experience was like doing this production, because you kept referencing during our filming that this was a, uh, you know, you felt more in tune or at least interested in, you know, this production versus some of the things we've done in the past. Definitely. Um, You know, I, you you talked about uh, Michelangelo. You talked about your uh, sort of like I guess connecting the dots as far as having like a a full you know full experience for for fans. You know your your fans would come there, and it's really not just about going to see a game. It's it's about actually having a it's an outing in a mm-hmm. sense. You know you sure. you have these little bits of experiences as sort of lead from from one experience to the next and ultimately you you end up at this game you know and and while we were filming the the vr piece for you um i definitely got that you know you can really feel it you 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 can feel it in there and and me personally i was actually really getting into it (laughs) you know which which for me you know it's like we we we've done quite a few of these uh we've been to tons of different stadiums we have a lot of great clients you know in sports um but for, for me in particular, I kind of almost felt a little bit more in tune to what was going on with the Red Bulls, uh, mainly because of how that was set up and, that, and that, the, the structure of that game day experience. You yeah, know? that's awesome. We hope, you know, the same for, for other fans that, and people who have never been to the arena or the game to, to feel that same way. You know, that first connection, that initial impression exactly. is key, you know? Yeah, and absolutely. now, like you're saying, you, you got into it right away. Totally. And you, you like, know now if you ever were in a conversation or you wanted to come back or you would invite a friend, that's, that's the experience. That's what you're going to look forward exactly. to. Exactly. Like, know? literally, it's like I, James probably didn't see this, but, like, I was texting with a buddy of mine who's a big soccer fan and I'm like dude we have to come to a game That's you know awesome. you would love it here you know it's great so I'm, I'm curious for James because when you came when we had our initial meeting we did the walkthrough it was it was during business hours during the week and there wasn't any sort of kind of commotion any That's right. fan zone set in our boulevard that we call our fan zone set up uh, and then when you came on match day, you were like, "Oh wow, this is yeah. this is a complete this, <laughs> yeah. is, this is a different yeah. place, right?" Yeah, like, yeah what, absolutely. And to get your take on kind of what what your your thoughts or kind of initial impression were. Well, well yeah, I mean, it, it's almost you know like that I, I spoke to earlier in, in the fact that you you experience these game day events, and it's so nice to see an organization really put their money where their mouths are, you know, so to speak. And, you know, seeing the transformation of what a, 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 quote, off day nine to five facility looks like to see the complete revamp during the boulevard. And it's a great runway, if you will, for these activations. Um, And then just both pregame, during game and postgame, whether it be fireworks or in-game promotions, things of that nature. So you really have taken that holistic 
um, approach to, you know, all those touch points, as you said, you know, there's a million ways to consume a game or even the experience. So, um, you know, I think more and more that, you know, when facilities and organizations take the approach of, okay, you know what, you can't take fans for granted anymore. They're very smart. They're savvy. There's tons of other, uh, you know, consumption models out there. We need to create this Disney-like destination, if you will. And Disney could be a strong word in terms of, I mean, <laughs> let alone roller coasters and all yeah, of that yeah. good stuff. But the fact is, whether it's a $20 ticket or a $100 ticket, you need to provide that service to your fans and your consumers mm-hmm. that they're going to feel like they have maximized their spend. And, right. and I think um, whether this is pre-event, during event, and regardless of how well the, the team is performing, because that's the big factor, right? Right. You know, in terms of, um, you know, the asset on the field is obviously the most important one for any organization, but you have, from a marketing perspective, very little control on how they perform on field. So worrying about everything else outside of the performance um, is it was really rewarding to see and uh, and, and again, work with an organization that focuses on on that and truly does because, like I'd mentioned, there's, there's a lot of talking heads out there and, you know, they'll you know, they'll say the right things, but you just don't see it. Yeah, I think we're seeing a lot of uh, other uh, professional teams in our area and, and probably across the country. You know, you, you guys have worked with them, you know, in, in itself. And I think that's kind of the next thing is a lot of these teams, even if they're well known, if they are they are a household name, such as the Rangers, you know, Rangerstown and that whole experiential kind of programming and um, you know, that you also guys, great you clients, guys, by the way, <laughs> <laughs> that you, yeah, you, I know you guys work with. So, um, but now, you know, there's a lot, you know, that everyone kind of is putting around building out that programming, right. Building mm-hmm. out that experiential feel, um, to really hone in on that experience and, um, you know, that relationship building really with the, with their fans. Yep. Right. So let, let's talk about sponsorship. And, and as we all know, that is a very key component in any professional organization. And, what is your experience been like knowing that the Red Bulls as a brand, very forward thinking, um, even again referencing this J.D. Powers Fan Experience Award, have you been able to leverage those successful activations or fan uh, engagements to tie sponsorship and um, you know maybe talk a little bit about what that looks like for your organization? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so our, our marketing partnerships team has done an amazing job um, from, you know, building relationships with partners and, and, and sponsors to, to kind of get on board and um, help really get get on board with what we're doing, what we, you know, what our mission is and what we're looking to accomplish. Um, and yeah, sponsors truly do want that, that, that reach, that outlet, that um, engagement with, with fans, with consumers. Um, so, you know, we have a ton of sponsor presence on through our fan experience and it's because of a lot of them that um, we were able to put this put this on that we're able to kind of keep up and evolve and continue to push the trends and pr- uh, you know try different elements out try different activations and um, test what works you know from live music to um, you know a, a virtual reality um, headset to a 360 selfie cam to our DJ and freestylers to you know some of our uh, act- sponsored activations continuing to evolve that and really get them, um, you know, a help them, right. Engage and leverage some, some, you know, with our fans, but, um, it's all encompassed within a bigger deal. You know, um, you know, Yanmar, for example, is present on the boulevard, you know, our, through our fan zone. We have different partners that really help leverage what our, what our engagement opportunities are like. Um, so, you know, uh, through 3v3, through our one-touch activation, which requires you, you know, shooting into a net, different locations mm-hmm. at different, you know, as many times as possible under 30 seconds, you know, or um, an accuracy upper 90 challenge. Um, so a lot of this stuff is really, it, it, it focuses on soccer, the authenticity of soccer, but um, really allows the sponsors to kind of get involved and, and get in front of our fans. Yeah. Um, so our marketing partnerships team does a great job kind of, and working closely with them is really developing what are what are our new kind of activations, what are our new elements that um, that they can provide or kind of put in front of these sponsors, right? Like that, are they going to buy into this? Um, you know, do they come to us and say, "Hey, we have this idea, we would like to try it out. We're open to it as well." You know, like really, how can we build that relationship, those partnerships that we can kind of together, you know, um, 
you know, accomplish our goal, you know, our mutual goal. Yeah. And, and yeah. you know, feel that, you know, fans are engaging and kind of have a positive experience. Yeah. The one, the one other thing that I had noticed is, and I think this is a big concern for most, both sponsors, um, clubs, as well as fans and how they view sponsorship in terms of being too in your face, too corporate, because you're going to have, you know, loyalists or enthusiasts of the, the Red Bulls brand that just wants to remain loyal to the team. And, um, you know, w- one thing that I found pretty striking was that you were able to seamlessly blend both sponsorship branding, the activations, all under the Red Bull brand as well. And, and there was no mistake that, sure, Honda could have a presence there, but it wasn't just about Honda. It was a yeah, nice tie-in. Yeah, yeah. Even the aesthetics and the build-out and all of that and good stuff. That's important, yeah. Sometimes when you go to these events or you go to these games and, you know, they have a, some sort of experiential village or fan zone, uh, it's very colorful, right? You have all these different colorful, you know, brands and properties with their logos very prominent, um, and, and it's not very cohesive, but this is our property, so this is our brand, and um, together we kind of have a template, you know, that we follow that encompasses, you know, our sponsors' logos and the placement of where they're featured and how, you know, they interact. So um, we try to do our best to make it seem like, co- you know, a co- cohesive feel, um, you know, to the eye, to the brand, mm-hmm. um, but it's really, you know, the brand first, and then, you know, you know, our partners, you know, right, right next to us, right on board with that and how they blend in within the, you know, kind of the, the, the color and the theme of, of what we're looking to accomplish. Right. Right. So, uh, obviously talking a little bit more about technology, whether this is uh, forward facing fan engagement, are there any things that, or anything that the Red Bulls are doing now, um, leveraging maybe mobile or any other technology that you can speak to? Uh, yeah, I mean, mobile is, is, is obviously something we all see is growing very fast, um, and we are definitely tapping into that. Um, so I think we do have, we you know we are having we do have plans to launch a, a mobile app for the team, um, which will help you know streamline a lot of the ticket processes, a lot of um, you know announcements and and you know team news um, and so forth. You know, really on a match day, finding out where different locations might be and, you know, encompassing that kind of experience again, overall through that app as well might, might, you know, help the fan, you know, adjust to, to schematics of what they aren't aware of for the team, you know, and it's, it's it's an ability for people to get real time updates, um, on the game, but then also news and, and media. So, um, yeah, that's, that's something that our, our team is working closely on. And, um, I think it's, it's it's hopefully going to be launched into 2018. Okay, so up until this point, you haven't been leveraging any type of mobile um, engagement or app uh, through through I mean our social media outlets. But other than that, we, we don't have it. We didn't have an app. No, we don't okay. have an app. Um, but we are um, we are working towards that. Got it. So um, yeah, I mean it's it's something that is important for us to continue to evolve. You know, with the times and and really uh, get streamlined too. Um, you know now. You know, USA. Ooh, excuse me. <laughs> USA Soccer came to uh, to Red Bull Arena for their World Cup qualifier game against Costa Rica, and the entire match was mobile ticketing. So now we're seeing a lot of other professional teams also, you know, with a similar approach where um, you might not require a hard ticket anymore, you know, but through through their app or through mobile ticketing, email, whatever the case is, um, it, it might be you know the easiest way to streamline who's coming into the, the match. Mm-hmm. Right. So now, you know, who's coming in, who's entering through mobile ticketing. Um, and then obviously when you come scan in, you get a little printout of your, of your you know, receipt kind of and, and it'll show you where, you know, you can show the ushers where you're seated. Um, but yeah, that initial entry point of mobile ticketing, I think, is, is going to see be more common in all sports, you know, all sports teams and franchises and events, because uh, now properties and brands and teams will actually be able to track who's coming into their stadium um, they'll be able to capture that data, um, and that's going to be huge. You know, everyone wants to know who's coming through the through their arena, whether it's for the first time, it's for you know the seventeen games throughout the season, or you know whatever the case is. But um, that that's going to be that's going to be huge. I think that's going to be a component that a lot of teams start to leverage. Yeah, yeah. Especially you had referenced the um, 
the competitiveness of just your geographic location. You know, you, you're not only <laughs> on the outskirts of the, the, the world's largest and most exciting city. Uh, with that, you have, um, you know, multiple sports properties. And not to mention that, I guess, there's two new MLS area teams. Is that correct? City FC and the New York Red Bulls. Okay. Two MLS clubs in New York. Okay. Yep. And so, so it, it, I mean, it, that rivalry has has grown. It's it's helped us as a club. It's helped them as as a as an inaugural. You know, their inaugural season was three years ago now. Mm-hmm. Um, so that rivalry has really helped both clubs really kind of come to life in New York and really show um, the presence of soccer in, in the sport in New York. So it's been it's been good. It's been exciting too. Yeah. And every time that comes around, the MLS, the you know, the league puts a lot of effort into to bringing that to life, whether it's through broadcast or you know, throughout the city. Um, so no, it's been fun. It's, it's an exciting time. So that, that's great. I mean, I, I love to hear that a, a new challenge brings an opportunity, right? Sure. And, and so you, you have that competitive sort of posturing at first when, um, you know, with any business where you see Absolutely. the new kid on the block looking to, you know, nip at your heels, so to speak. And, um, but when you can embrace it as an opportunity to really set yourself apart and, and kind of, you know, um, you know, really position yourself as the leader or the expert or what have you, that's uh, a great opportunity. So with that, um, talk to us a little bit about maybe some of your off-game marketing efforts and, and what you guys do there. And uh, you had mentioned your street team with the ballers there. And um, I understand that you guys have a mobile tour uh, as well, or at least pop-ups. So, yeah, so we, um, we, do, we do a lot in market. Like, you know, our, we, we partner with and we sponsor a few different events to, you know, our own and operated events. Um, so... You know, from our 5v5 tournaments throughout New York and New Jersey that we host to youth soccer festivals throughout New York and New Jersey to, um, you know, partnering with uh, the major adult leagues, the major adult soccer leagues in in, um, New York and New Jersey as well. And really building those relationships through those consumers. Right. And who's participating in the actual sport to um, facilities, you know, so soccer facilities that are hosting pickup nights, you know, pickup soccer nights or leagues and, and, and so forth and really getting awareness through those channels as well to um, a lot of third-party events. So uh, we have a great relationships with, uh, with the Steve Nash Foundation um, and he hosts an annual soccer showdown in New York City every year. So that's Very just cool. one example of something that we get behind and we really support and, um, you know, we activate through. Um, so that's a good opportunity, you know, and, and there's a ton. There's a ton of that. New York City Parks we work closely with to – you know, a lot of their, whether it's a, um, uh, you know, a 5K marathon, uh, you know, a 5K uh, run or, you know, event to a, uh, you know, a, a kid's a kids gathering or a holiday festival. Um, we really try to get, pre- you know, be present um, and, and really identify kind of what our goals are and then target where we're going to partner and where we're going to be present at. Because mm-hmm. um, there's no shortage of opportunity of where we can't be. So there's a lot, like you mentioned, like I mentioned, there's, you know, from the kids aspect to the adult aspect mm-hmm. um, and, and everything in between. So, um, you know, right now our, our goal is, is to win the 18 to 34 um, demographic. And, you know, what does that consist of, right? Like, how, how are we going to do that? So really narrowing down kind of our plans and, and going deeper into that. So, um, you know, we have a whole pub partner program. So um, building relationships through um, different pubs. Right. And creating those those away from arena experiences for away matches. Um, so when we have an away match, you know, we really hope our fans are still gathering. We still have that experience that we're, we're, we're catering to and that we're, you know, we're, we're bringing to life through our pubs. Um, you know, and we're during the off season, you know, we're hosting Red Bull runs, you know, so it's a sponsored pickup that, you know, everyone can come out to and, and play pickup, you know, and we elevate that experience through the facilities and through partnerships with, you know, our DJ, our freestyle crew. And our freestyle crew is, is, is one of the most valuable parts that we have, um, you know, from a marketing perspective because they allow us to extend, expand our footprint into the market. So, you know, from charity events to um, seminars to, um, like I said, our own and operated events to, um, you know, just sending them out and, and into the market, setting up, you know, just the populated areas in New York, creating a, a show, a performance, and really getting 
the 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 normal you know New York City uh, you know person or you know people who work in New York or people who live in New York really gather and kind of stop and watch right and kind of be like a a showstopper and and kind of see what they're doing and what they're bringing to life and through them we're allowed to, we're we're able to tell a message so if it's you know our theme nights our special theme nights that we have going on at the arena um, if it's you know a um, a rivalry week game you know if it's uh, some sort of message, a sales initiative, you know, something that we can help promote through them, they allow us to expand our footprint. They allow us to communicate th those messages through, you know, their performance, through their outreach, and they're nimble, right? Mm -hmm. So it allows us to stay nimble and really um, get in front of different audiences. Um, so, you know, depending on our plan and our approach of, of what our goal is, if it's a, you know, uh, uh, you know autism awareness night, you know, we'll send, we'll, we'll work with um, autism, uh, you know, awareness, 5Ks and conferences and seminars and so forth and get them out there for, you know, perform, perform, you know, get people's minds off the conference, get their minds off, you know, something different. But, um, you know, show that we have a message. We're, we're, we're working with you to help lift that message, you know, through our, our, our game and, and how can we work together to kind of build that up. So, um, you know, Todos Juntos, which is a Spanish heritage theme night. Um, targeting different um, Latin and, and uh, Spanish heritage type outlets, right? And how do we get our freestyle crew in front of them? Um, so we partner with like the Ecuadorian festival, the Portuguese festival in, in Newark, New Jersey. You know, there's a variety of different properties and events that um, allow us to expand our footprint beyond just our arena. And, and that's important for us, again, to stay relevant, you know, 12 months out of the year. Um, you know, and, and, and really show that the New York Rebels are, are relevant there. You know, we're a club in New York. This is our territory. And, um, you know, we want to provide that experience, that engagement constantly. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's fantastic. And um, a whole lot of information that I was uh, not previously aware of in terms <laughs> of your community outreach, which is awesome. And it, it just goes to show, again, that, um, you know, you, you taking the, you're taking this well beyond the game day experience and b building that brand affinity and really tying it into uh, whether it's the community um, you know, soccer enthusiasts and things of that nature. And so, um, you know, I, I think this could be a good segue into maybe your recent trip overseas. And we can talk a little bit about how um, clubs and organizations here in the United States focus and what they need to do um, for this fan engagement versus maybe the game day consumption of um, other European leagues. And so, um, I guess a couple of weeks ago we were talking, we were uh, going through some of your edits and on, on the VR side of things, and you had mentioned that um, you had taken a f both personal and professional trip over to Italy to, to catch a match, and um, would love to hear more about that and maybe some of your findings, again, both personally and professionally in terms of how different the game day experience is in Europe versus is versus it, it being here. Yeah, it's 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 truly night and day, and uh, it's it was an awesome trip. Uh, you know, I love Italy, um, not just because I have family in Sicily, but because, uh, it's a beautiful country and just the food is amazing. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, the, the trip was very, very, uh, it was a very good trip, uh, despite Inter Milan losing, um, their first loss of the, of the season when I was there for the first time is, is kind of disappointing, but, um, uh, nonetheless, it was very, very cool to observe kind of the, the culture and, and kind of, the you know the holistic uh, you know event day the match day of, of what they you know how that what that looks like what that how that works and um, it's it's very unique I mean the, the culture there's there's a big culture difference from the European soccer um, kind of consumption versus the American one and um, a lot has to do with how you know they're raised and, and, and what that what the club the organization means to them personally um, you know. European leagues and teams have been around for a hundred years, so mm -hmm. it's part of their DNA. Essentially, you know, they're they're it's something that's that's represents not only like who they are, but the the region they might be from. You know, so you know, Inter Milan fan. You know, there's two teams in in Milan, AC Milan and Inter Milan, and you know, half the city is going to be one of those. You know, majority of the city is going to support one of those two teams. 
So, you know, and, and that's the same for, you know, you can say the same for, uh, you know, Barcelona mm-hmm. and Real Madrid and Vial, you know, and, and the other Spanish teams that are in, in Madrid and Barcelona and in Spain. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's part of who they are. It, it's part of who they, rep- you know, the team represents, the, the region, the city, um, the, you know, and in some aspects, the country, right? And when you go to Champions League, UEFA Champions League, and you're in the finals, you're, you're not only representing the club, but almost the country of that club, right? Sure. Um, so it's a big deal. And, um, no, there's, there's, there's a big difference, um, in, even just from, I mean, the, the way it's consumed and talked about to the, the match presentation to, um, you know, the, the, just the way it's, it's consumed, you know? Uh, th- they're raised with it. They speak about it 24-7. So when they're on the subway, when they're with their family, their friends, they're at the coffee shops, they're, you know, getting their hair cut. It's almost like a lot of people talk about fantasy football, <laughs> right? You know, essentially that's their football. That's their that's their bread and butter. That's what they do, um, and and that's that's how they consume it. You know, the, you know, the American soccer culture, despite having the highest participation rate in probably the world, that might be a bold statement, but I'm pretty sure USA has about 24 million per, youth soccer participants. Um, and that might be because we're a larger country, mm-hmm. um, but that's that's very that's mind blowing. You know that we have that yeah. many, and then where, what happens to that? Where's that disconnect? Right? Like how do we, how do those twenty four million youth soccer participants take that pride into the sport as they grow up? Um, but overseas, you're seeing it because it's part of their culture, it's their DNA. Here in, in America, I feel like you know football is that for us almost, maybe, right. right? Like maybe the old American game was baseball, you know, and then you know more recently it's been the football, and and you know there's and you also have hockey. Like there's a there's a lot to consume, there's a lot to to do and, and see. And um, no, it's it's interesting to see that over there, you know, soccer is their focal point. Sure, you know. Um, so, you know, and, it, and yeah. it's almost this, uh, you know, like you can break it down into just very simple buckets, right? Yeah. In the European passion, it's, it's almost like nationalism versus consumerism here in the United S- States, right? You know, we are a culture of consumerism, and, and so we kind of, um, our daily life is looking to acquire purchase experience where it sounds like much of the consumption over there is more pride, nationalism, where are you from, geographic location, and the allegiance to that. 100%. I mean, it, 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 100%. It's, it's funny because, uh, you know, here, every, almost every, I don't want to speak boldly again, but like um, you can say, or make, may probably make an argument that every arena or sports franchise has a jumbotron, right? right. Is that safe to say? In Europe, they only recently have gotten, you know, screens or jumbotrons up in their stadiums. And they're not even jumbotrons. They're smaller scale screens. And they don't, they don't show the game on those screens. Wow. Pre-match, they'll show the field. They'll show warm-ups. They'll show fans, right, celebrating and cheering. When that match starts, there's no stream on those big screens. The, the eyes and focal point are on the pitch. Wow. Or yeah. on the game. So there's no replays. There might be for a goal. I, I don't quote me on that. There might be for a goal or some something special. But there's no replays for a close opportunity, for you know, um, you know, a commercial ad during the match or you know, f- excuse me for a partner, right? Like there's no seat upgrades. There's no there's no uh, you know um, t- there, there's none of that, right? It's it's very f- focused on the game. You come yeah. you come. You know you're not. Here in America, you know, you go to a football game, you go to a soccer game, you go to a hockey game and so forth. You go, you grab a beer, you grab a bite to eat, you're eating in your seats, you know, you're, you're hanging out in one of the lounges or the clubs, right? These fancy, luxurious, like, sections we, they, every arena now has and is trying to create. Over there, your eyes are on the pitch. Mm-hmm. No matter if you're in the suite or a skybox or whatever the case is, your eyes are on the pitch and you're there for that game. Yeah. You know, and you're consuming that, that action, you know, firsthand. Um, you know, they, they have a few guys walking around selling beer or, you know, crackers or, and, and so forth, but it, it's, it's not like it is here. Yeah. And, you know, the at halftime is your time to get up, use the restroom, um, you know, grab a drink, a bite, you know, whatever the case is. And, um, and what's uh, something else that's really unique is that they smoke inside the stadiums too. Wow. Um, so you, they're able to, you know, sit down. They, like I said, they're focused on the game and they might just light up a cigarette and right, you know, and, and just watch the game. And that's, that's what they're doing, Amazing. you know? <laughs> so it's, it's a really, it's, it's really interesting to see. Yeah. Uh, and 
you know, it's, yeah, it's, it's a tradition. It's, it's part of, you know, who they are the and culture, how they're raised yeah. and, and their family and how they're, they're brought up and who they're attending with, you know. It'll um, be interesting from an ownership standpoint how if we were, you know, if we were to able to get two soccer club owners, one from the United States, one <laughs> from Europe, and how they value, right. you know, that opportunity yeah. where it's like, you know what, we just need to exist and yeah. we're going to be popular. And, you know, we, we just concentrate on the product on the field where here ownership has to worry about their stadium. They have to yeah. worry about social media. They have to worry about technology and all of that game day experience that we're talking about. You know, it would be interesting to see, you know, how it would be individually valued right. or challenged, yeah, definitely. if you will. Yeah, yeah, no, it's something that is interesting, um, even from a, a partner standpoint, too, right? I mean, these clubs, like we're, we're, we've been talking about experience, fan engagement, experiential kind of marketing plans and strategies. Only recently has that really evolved into the European culture, right? And, and it's not even really being adapted or consumed to yet because, um, you know, a lot of these clubs, you know, if you can talk about Inter Milan, AC Milan, Juventus, Barcelona, some of the top tier teams that are, you know, everybody knows about, they're powerful brands. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when a, a sponsor is on board with them, it's not like they're getting access to a fan zone, right? Or a seat upgrade or a, um, a lucky row giveaway or, you know, a, um, uh, um, you know, all these different types of elements that American culture and football, soccer, NHL, and, and so forth have, but um, they're, they're, they're partnering with the brand, with the club, you sure. know, at that level. And they're, they're, you know, their deliverable, their asset is the team. So, you know, the, as soon as their, their name is affiliated with the club, it's a powerful image. It's a status standpoint where they're now being known that they're affiliated with that club. They, you know, they might utilize an athlete or two for a commercial, you know, an advertisement. Um, they have the rights to use, you know, the team uh, jersey and logos and, and so forth with their, you know, from, from their, you know, uh, marketing strategy plans. But um, there's really not much of an experiential, fan, you know, mm-hmm. fan experience standpoint for, for sponsors to really engage with the European culture. And only mm-hmm. recently is that really starting to develop. Um, that I was finding out, um, you know, on, on the big match, right? Like the finals, the, the, the rivalries. And, and, and even that isn't being impactful because it's not part of the, the DNA. It's not part of the culture. So right. they're not programmed to come early. They're not programmed to check out what else is happening at the stadium. Like I said, you know, their focal point is the match. The pit, you know, their eyes are on the pitch. Yep. So they're arriving when they're used to arriving. And um, you know, it, it'll take some time for that to start developing for that. But because there's a lot to consume in the American culture, I think that's why it's so important that each team, each sport is starting to really hone in on creating this this match or this game as, as an event day, right? Really bring yeah. that to life holistically yeah. um, because it's, it's something that we want. We Fans want to do. They don't want to just buy a ticket to, to watch the game, but they want to experience a day, right? Like what else is going on that they can post pictures about, that they can see and right. do and, and kind of just experience, right? That's something fun and cool. Right. There, it's not necessarily part of the culture. And, and that's not, you know, it, it might start to, it might take some time for really the sponsors and the fans to really start to adapt to that and, and what that means. And, but, but, you know, they're not going to get away in, in the way of the, of the team, of the sport. Right. Now, that's interesting, though. Given that Red Bull as an organization is a European organization, do you see any opportunity that you could have this sort of reverse trend where, you know, you have the American football or soccer club driven by a European brand kind of bring the opportunity to Europe to say, hey, Germany, you know, this is how we're doing it here. And have you seen any level yeah. of that? Yeah, some some of our um, our affiliate clubs, um, like Red Bull Leipzig, um, Red Bull Salzburg, they you know they they have uh, minor fan experience and game day kind of engagement opportunities that they have. Um, you know, one of the clubs has a mascot, um, so there there are some things that they have started to do and that they do um, kind of execute on, but. Um, but we get calls, yeah, we get calls from other MLS clubs and other teams and, and, and for what we're doing, you know, and mm-hmm. how we really put on that experience and how, you know, from, from even the freestyle crew that I spoke about, what that program looks like and how we launch that and how, 
that structured and what goes into to that. Um, you know, a lot of teams, and I think that's something that we'll start to see too is, is uh, like, you know, having an influencer, having a host, right? Having mm-hmm. a, a host or ambassador to the brand is something that a lot of teams and clubs and properties will probably start to have. Like influencer marketing with brands and products exploded, sure. you know, a year, you know, two years ago now and has been a, has been a, been a big, big thing. And um, now I think, you know, we'll start to see that in sports, right? So you have, you'll have, you know, e-games, right? Esports and e-games is, is big now. So, you know, some some clubs and some teams are st- starting to sign e uh, sports athletes, right? Sure. And gamers and and all this and and uh, you know having a host. So Toronto FC has a host, you know, um, which is 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 funny because uh, European in European uh, you know culture, most of the teams, the big the larger scale teams, they their their PA announcer, their host is on field, is on field during warm ups, during pre match, and and making announcements right there. So you you know right on the field. You know, he's not behind, he's not upstairs in a booth and kind of just directing announcements outside. But, um, so, but anyway, yeah, that, that, that culture, that face, that mm-hmm. recognizable face, that person that fans can go to or kind of just know is their, their ambassador, right, for the club. And, um, but yeah, we get, we get calls all the time about, you know, how we can, um, evolve or how we've, how we've evolved and, and how, you know, we can help. Um, other properties and brands do the same thing. That, that's so. great to hear because you're always interested to to know on the inside if, despite how competitive the matches are or the the game, how collaborative the organizations really are with each other, whether it's marketing or other engagement points. So, uh, knowing that you have led this fan experience charge for so many years, it sounds like the league has taken notice and some other clubs have taken notice and say hey you know what's your best practice what about this and can you talk a little bit more about that and what that's like yeah i mean well it, it's on the field everyone you know it's it's a heated rivalry between each each club each club but um but the mls is is uh, you know operates as a, a single entity you know structure so um they essentially you know have rights and ownership over all the, the mls teams so um you know together you know there's a revenue share um, there, you know, that, that, that is, is, um, you know, in play with, you know, different sponsorships, broadcasting, you know, and so forth. Um, but, but the, you know, everyone, you know, is, is, you know, works together to kind of understand what each market is doing, what works, what didn't, um, you know, how to evolve the, the experience and, and kind of, um, you know, some of some of the programs, some of the teams have similar programs. You know, there's a lot of pub programs that I've spoke about earlier. You know, that each club or most clubs have, um, but each one is different. You know, so each structure is a little different, and and each structure might work to a different market. So you know, when I'm speaking to a few marketing reps from you know the, uh, New England Revolution and Houston Dynamo, Chicago Fire, you know, their price points are different. Their experiences are different. Toronto FC um, also, but they're they're all different. You know, they're structured differently. They're activated differently. Um, so, but we share ideas. We share, you know, how what worked for them and and why. And um, you know, is this something that we could take to New York and and try it out? Will it work there? Sure. Um, so yeah, it, it's definitely you know there's resources available to each club. You know, helping one another, but. On the field is a whole different. Dynamic. Oh yeah, like on yeah, the field absolutely. Is, 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 is as it should animal, be, but, right? yeah. as it should be. Uh, everyone wants to raise that cup at the end of the year. Right. So, right. Uh, but but no, I mean everyone everyone's faced with the uh, the same um, the same obstacle, right? Which is uh, attendance. You know, how mm-hmm. do you drive attendance? How do you drive uh, ratings on on television and broadcast? And not just soccer and, and MLS, but it's every sport now. Um, you know, in every league, so that has to keep mind uh, be mindful of that. So sure. Um, yeah, absolutely. It's it's something that um, you know we work. That that's a, it's a very cool, unique uh, opportunity that we we're able to to work closely with other teams and that, so forth. That's great well. to hear. That's great to hear. And so, um, in, in wrapping up here, are there any initiatives um, in two, 2018 that you can speak about, or you know, some goals for the organization, both on the marketing side, or maybe something that the general public isn't aware of at this point, or whatever you're comfortable <laughs> with disclosing, or what you're able to. Yeah, no, I, I, we like I, I mentioned a lot of it today throughout our time, but it, um, you know, winning the 18 to 34, um, you know, evolving our fan experience, which we've been talking about, um, you know, this whole time, and and uh, really spreading awareness and, and leading the charge. Um, for, for that, you know, we want our goal is to to um, 
you know, ranked the highest in the JD Power fan experience study again, and um, you know, get a, a millennial type young professional audience mm-hmm. into into the stadium and really experience what that's like. Um, you know, adapt, make you know um, that culture of soccer that we would like to kind of um, bring to life. And uh, yeah, it's 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 a lot of just evolution, and um, I think this year is going to be is is going to be very big for us. Um, uh, so yeah, we're launching a new jersey coming uh, very soon. Um, That's exciting! That the, new kit, new love. kit on its way, Gavin. <laughs> that means more more jerseys for uh, you. Yeah. <laughs> yep, jersey launch will be coming soon. Um, more jerseys that fit me. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, there's there's uh, 2018 is going to be fun. I'm excited. Um, this year we were able to streamline a lot, build a lot of relationships and kind of um, partnerships in, in the market that um, we hope to have again this year. And, and we'll be able to really kind of uh, bring home that message of, you know, what we have to offer, what our product is through the virtual reality headset and, and the program that we put together. And um, yeah, we're, it's, we're, it's been a privilege working with you guys. Oh, likewise. And, Thanks uh, so much. Yeah, yeah, we're excited. We're excited. 2018. We're, we're excited. And so today is actually the, the final edit and we completion of the, the virtual reality experience. So maybe we can talk about briefly where fans are going to be able to uh, experience that. Yeah, well, we're going to take that with us um, basically through many of our different um, field marketing efforts, whether it's um, our sponsored pickup nights that, you know, I mentioned earlier that we host our 5v5 tournaments, our youth soccer festivals, um, our third party events and wherever we're activating, you know, if we, if there's a, you know, a a game or an event that we're we're partnering with to to activate um, within their fan experience and their fan zones or, you know, throughout New York city, um, you know, we're going to have that tool, you know, it's going to be a tool for us to show, um, you know, while fans are engaging and participating in our activation, but hey, take a look at this. Have you ever been to, you know, it's one thing to participate in an activation and kind of consume that type of experience, but you know, how would you, how do we bring that, that, you know, our, our, our product, which is our, our game day, our match day, right. Mm-hmm. To life, you know, and this is going to be a tool that's really important for us to show, right. Cause some people may be interacting with us, but have never been to a game and this is, this is, this would be the time. So um, yeah, we hope to we hope to show as many fans as possible. <laughs> yeah, well, that, that's very exciting, and um, equally, it was a pleasure to work with you and Michelangelo. You've been a great guest on our inaugural podcast. You're welcome back anytime, and hopefully, <laughs> at the start of the new season, you know, we can be sp- speaking about new technology that we're uh, developing for you. Yeah, so. that would be exciting. Definitely. All right, thank you guys. Thank you. Thank okay. You. All right.